Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello again, everyone. Welcome in to another episode of the Social Studies class that is Sports Entertainment, the Getting Over podcast. I'm Tom Canterbury, along with Paul Pedram, longtime friends who hopefully, Paul, uh, no one will be turning on each other anytime soon, as we've seen what's happening in WWE right now. Yes, um, yeah, we hope not, Tom, although uh, uh, if you know what's happened the past few minutes, uh, that that might come sooner than, than you think, so... <laughs> and, uh, well, well, what does the boo pass out? <laughs> yeah, let's say uh, Retribution's been uh, been after our uh, our feed here recently. We have been trying to get this episode uh, recorded here. On uh, as we are recording it, we're on September eighth, and uh, getting you another getting over podcast. As we'll take a look at what's going on uh, a little bit in uh, the current scene in uh, professional wrestling, including we had an AEW pay per view this past weekend. Actually, got a chance to go over to the Pedram household to watch that one and. It was a lot of fun. It was a good show, a little bit long, and it was the WrestleMania length and had a scary bump there with Matt Hardy uh, taking uh, taking one where it looked like he was knocked out for a few minutes and uh, but somewhat controversially was able to finish up that match. Um, so that was a little bit of a of a scary moment. And uh, but most importantly, uh, somebody went into a vat of OJ and the bubbly. So that was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, you got to love a pay-per-view that involves uh uh, splashing into a, a whole vat of mimosa. So you got to yeah. enjoy that. <laughs> and, and making Chris Jericho just showing why he's the goat, making uh, making a guy like Orange Cassidy uh, a main event type player in yeah. AEW. So uh, that was a lot of fun. And we may talk a little bit about that more as we move forward, as we talk about our favorite wrestlers of the week, maybe a little, little foreshadowing there. All right. So <laughs> that's coming well, up. But, but before we get to that, it's time to head back into our history lesson as we take a look at our network flashbacks. Uh, what we've been watching here the last week or so, and uh, I took a I took a trip in the Wayback Machine as I went back to 1989 for my flashback. As we take a look at the NWA slash WCW Great American Bash of 1989, and uh, Paul, as we know, the Great American Bash was actually the entire summer uh, as the, the NWA WCW traveled around, and um, they had a bunch of Great American Bash shows that culminated. In this one in Baltimore, Maryland, as a lot of the Great American Bashes happened, July twenty third, nineteen eighty nine, and um, it, it, this was one of those where I was watching. It's like I cannot wait to talk about this one because <laughs> this had uh, so much of a optimum nineteen eighties NWA. You had a lot of good stuff, and then a lot of cringy scratch your head type moments as well. And we'll get a lot of those here as we take a look at it. Yep, and and to, and for me actually, a lot more good than bad. Um, so yeah. I, I enjoyed this one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So we'll start things off with the uh, hold on for a minute as we get the entire name of this battle royal out to you. It is the Triple Crown $50,000 King of the Hill Battle Royal. 
And this is, uh, as always with the, the Great American Bash, we have the two rings set up because that's where you had uh, War Games as well, was at the Great American Bash. And uh, throughout the entire uh, tour of the Great American Bash, they had Battle Royals. And if you won one of those Battle Royals, you got a spot, you got a crown, then you got a spot in, in this Triple Crown Battle Royal. Uh, 14 winners of those Battle Royals. And I would have loved to have seen the star power in the Battle Royals won by the likes of Ranger Ross and Wild Bill Irwin and Scott Hall, pre any gimmick. And uh, so there was there was some some guys that you're like, well, I'm not really sure they should be in this type of match. But uh, you did have some star, star power as well. You had the Steiner Brothers, Dr. Def Steve Williams, the Skyscrapers, Flying Brian Pillman, um, Ron Simmons, all involved in this one. And uh, as they all literally got a crown uh, as, they, as they came to the ring, holding their crowns uh, coming in and the uh, the objective, throw your opponent from one ring to the other ring. And then from that ring out. Um, and although about halfway through some of the guys decide, I'm just going to go to the other ring without actually being thrown out. Uh, so it was one of those battle Royals that started off kind of normal battle Royal. And then everyone just started eliminating each other. It took a, it, it escalated very quickly. Um, and then you ended up with Sid Vicious from the Skyscrapers and Flying Brian Pillman in one ring uh, as the final two in the first ring, and it didn't turn out well for Flying Brian as he got uh, lawn darted over to the second ring uh, into the hands of Dan Spivey, who eliminated him, uh, setting up to where it was Sid Vicious in the winner of ring one and Dan Spivey, the winner of ring two, uh, the, the Skyscraper setting up what looks like a Skyscraper versus Skyscraper matchup for the 50K, but then Teddy Long comes in as the manager and says, no, 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 we don't fight each other. We will just split the $50,000 and I will keep the crown. And that's how it turns out there is as, as the skyscrapers uh, split the $50,000 as co-winners of the Triple Crown King of the Ring Battle Royal. Yeah, I was, um, uh, it was very smart, although I was uh, shocked because I thought, I thought he was going to make a tag team match, so. this is before he had such power Uh, (laughs) to make these up but but Uh, it was a very smart move by by him and his uh, and his uh, tag team uh so the skyscrapers get the win there your next matchup is a a matchup between flying brian pillman and wild bill Irwin. as they go from being a part of that battle royal to a one-on-one match and uh this is one and this is part of the the issue i've always had even wcw had this problem is that they didn't know how to properly allot the time that they had in pay-per-views um, because you'd have matches like these, which really needed to be five, 10 minutes tops. And like this one goes about 15 um, and it's, and it's all set up to have flying Brian do a pretty impressive maneuver, which is where he's on the, he's on the top rope of the one ring and he jumps to the other ring with a uh, high cross body to beat wild Bill Irwin. Um, but that's something that could have been done in a five minute match instead of setting up a 15 minute match to do. Yeah. Yep. You're right. And yeah, it was a good showcase for, for Pillman. Um, he had, um, started not too long before this and, and give a good uh, background on where he came from and his, um, history getting into wrestling. So it was a good show- showcase for him. And, but like you said, it, it could have been done in a, a shorter amount of time for sure. Yeah, this is one of those that, you know, this would have been the Saturday morning matchup uh, more than a pay-per-view matchup, but while Bill Irwin gets on the card, so there you go. Uh, (laughs) The next matchup is the tag team matchup as the Skyscrapers uh, bring their crown and Teddy Long back down to the ring, and they take on the Dynamic Dudes, 
Yes, the dynamic dudes of Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas, uh, two guys that would go on to uh, be pretty important in the overall scheme of things in professional <laughs> wrestling. Uh, Johnny Ace still is, as a matter of fact, as he's John Laronitis, part of uh, w- WE's creative and, and high up in the company there. And Shane Douglas, of course, we know all what he did in ECW. But before all that time, they were surf dudes in in WCW and uh, had a little bit of a, of a face run here. But the problem was they kept running into these monster heel teams and it didn't go well for them when that happens. Before this match started, though, we had one of the cringier moments of the entire show, though, as uh, the dyma- dynamic dudes grab a rather portly young boy uh, <laughs> and and pull him over over the uh, the barricade and play Frisbee with him. And it was not not a very energetic frisbee uh, toss by anyone involved, uh, but it was just one of those things like that that didn't go as as they uh, they envisioned it probably <laughs> before the match started. Um, so they they come up. Uh, they have basically one of the the matches you would expect to see is uh, the dudes are are the uh, underdogs throughout the entire time. Have a couple of of come up moments, but ultimately it's the skyscrapers with Sid Vicious and Dan Spivey who get. A, a pretty dominating victory. Well, and and I I couldn't wait to talk about this match because okay. <laughs> uh, because well first you, yeah you mentioned the 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 pre match antics by the mm. by the mm-hmm. dudes but right but the crowd loved Sid vicious. Oh, That's true. My yeah, goodness. they were chanting for Sid every time he was not in the match. They chanted for him every time he came in. They went bonkers. It was unbelievable. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Well, it was, he is—he is the master and the ruler of the world, Paul. Well, that's—that's that's true. That's, that's true. <laughs> but still, it yeah. was something else to see. And uh, the um, also on a side note, the the finish was kind of botched uh, by uh, by Spivey. It was kind of a, a power bomb looking move. It didn't go very well. Yeah. But uh, yeah. but 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 my takeaway was Sid was super over, super over. It was unbelievable to hear that. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Anyway, that, that was the story right. of the match for me. <laughs> Which was, and that's was pretty rare for NWA crowds at the time. I mean, other than, you know, there, there would always be the Four Horsemen fans. But other than that, the heels were not cheered. It, it was it was strict. We we're for the good guys and, and we hate the bad guys. But they, yeah, you're right. They love Sid Vicious. So they, they I'm sure that then they enjoyed how the, uh, the Battle Royal ended up as well. So it was, it was a good night overall the skyscraper fans out there yeah and, and and later and you know years later uh when you know one of the, the matches that we watched before with uh sid and Shawn michaels uh there were audible chants for i mean sid was over i mean he had yeah. charisma he had it and you know his his matches were were so so but uh but yeah. he was he was popular uh, for for a while there if- if he had been a little bit easier to deal with backstage, he could have had more of a, a world title type run at the top of both uh, companies. And I mean, even he was brought into ECW at times and he was big majorly over his air as well. Uh, but yeah, his, his issue was between the years backstage, not, not necessarily. Um, and softball. Up front. He's, he's, and softball. Right. Yes. Yes. He's very big on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and scissors. He did not a fan of those either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Ask about that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, next up, we had the uh, tuxedo match between Paul E. Dangerously and for pretty much the only time that I can think of a face Jim Cornette. This was a time when Cornette had a, a run as a good guy 
Um, basically, he he and the Midnight Express had to were fighting off Pauly Dangerously, who was basically trying to take over Cornette's spot in uh, in the NWA. Uh, so the only way, of course, we can rectify the situation is to have a tuxedo match, uh, which is you know the, the male version of the evening gown match, which no one really wants to see. Ultimately, whoever loses. Um, but you have. Uh, they also brought up with Jim Cornette that he had blown his knee out a couple years ago when he fell from the uh, the, the scaffold uh, at Starcade. Uh, so the the plan for Paulie Dangerously was he's going to take out the leg. Cornette wouldn't be able to stand up, and he would just easily take off his tuxedo, and Paulie would win and continue to take over as the main heel uh, manager in the company. Uh, Cornette acknowledged that and said, uh, "Well, that's just not the way it's going to happen." Uh, so so they go out and they they have another one. This match, my gosh, why did it take so long? This this match should have literally been three to five minutes tops, but they like had a legitimate 10 to 15 minute wrestling match before they finally came up with the ending. It, it, this is a tuxedo match between two managers. Why, oh, why did it take so long? Yeah. Paul, why, why, why? <laughs> why? Why ask why? Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, you're you're right. The promos beforehand were 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 very good by by both. Right. Um, yes. And, and actually, uh, go and 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 look up the the promo that Cornette cuts to actually turn babyface and how he does it. It's uh it's very well done um on on television uh, beforehand. It's uh it's very good. But yeah, and and actually Cornette can can work a little bit. I was actually yeah. a little bit surprised. Now you know should he. You know, should they be doing like you mentioned a, a ten or fifteen minute match? No, uh, but uh, but yeah, it was. Um, and actually, I think Cornette had a. Um, you mentioned the injury at Starcade a couple of years back, but he actually um, had a legit injury leading up to this match, and and they kind of played off of that. Um, so he was uh, legit hurt with his knee. But uh, but yeah, they um, they pulled it off, and like you said, it should have been shorter, but uh, mm. entertaining um, for what it was. And the finish has uh, Paul E. Uh, decide, well, I'm going to need to blind Jim Cornette. So he gets the powder in his in his hand, and he's about to do it. And Cornette kicks the powder up into Paul e. Dangerously's face um, and is able to complete the disrobing of Paul E. So uh, Jim Cornette wins, and we see Paul's uh, or Paul E.'s uh, purple underwear. And uh, yeah, and Cornette gets the win. And one thing about this too is you you did the uh, the powder spot, so there's a big powder there's powder in the ring for the rest of the night they never actually go and clean it out Elsa, you have two rings yeah. why not move things to the other ring for the next match and then clean out the, the the powder but no one ever did that uh so we, we see the remnants of the uh of the tuxedo match throughout the rest of the night yeah, uh so just sure. uh, just another uh, nwa uh tidbit there that, that type of stuff kind of <laughs> happened uh next up we have a texas tornado match between the steiner brothers who are seconded to the ring by the first lady of WCW, Missy Hyatt, as uh, she takes on, as they take on Kevin Sullivan and Mike Rotunda, uh, still the, the the varsity club, the remnants of the varsity club, I should mm-hmm. say, as we saw the discussion of that earlier with Dr. Destiny Williams, who at one time was a part of that varsity club, and he he had turned face away from them, and that was a part of the uh, King of the, the Heel Battle Royal earlier. But uh, this is a this is actually a really good match. I really enjoyed this match. It's Texas Tornadoes, so it's just all four of them uh, going back and forth, inside, outside the rings, both rings. Uh, but this is another one where I talk about the time. Had you not spent almost 30 total minutes between the two matches with Flying Brian 
Bill Irwin and Cornette and Dangerously, you could have given this match a lot more time. These All four of these guys can really go. Instead, you have a five to seven minute Texas Tornado match, which is really. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be good, but it's one of those where you really wanted more, even though you, you get the good reaction with the Steiner Brothers picking up the victory. Yep, you know, you, you, uh, um, yeah, took my point there exactly. It was, uh, uh ex- excellent action, you know, while it lasted, but yeah, it could have, uh, they could have lengthened out a little bit and, and shortened those other matches for sure. But yeah, it was, it was very good action as you can expect with, you know, between those four. And, uh, you know, I wanted you, it really wanted me to, uh, see more between those, those, those two teams for sure. But yeah, they, uh, they, um, really, went all out for those uh, five minutes. Next up, you have uh, the television title match between Sting. And this is, you know, Sting is still relatively new on the scene. He's, uh, you know, he's he's becoming one of the, the top baby faces. Uh, but this is really one of the, the times, and we'll see later on with Sting, uh, as he gets elevated even further. Of course, he jumped in, you know, as part of the, uh, he really came onto the scene with the, uh, one hour match with a uh, Ric Flair, the first clash of the champions, but he's getting his first major title right now. He's the TV champion and he's taking on the great Muda with uh, Gary Hart, another very underrated manager. L- Gary Hart does some really good stuff heel wise and great Muda who I contend is, uh, is especially uh, modern day. Uh, if you consider the eighties modern, which, which, you know, I'm 40, so I do. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the great Muda, uh, I consider the, best overall wrestler who never appeared in WWE. Um, he, he was just amazing. Well, years ahead of his time, even at this time. Yeah. Uh, and he is still undefeated at the time. Uh, so the Pearl, the Orient, the great Muda takes on sting for the TV title. Another match that could have gone on, uh, longer had you, had you had your time better allocated earlier, but, uh, these two guys go at it really well. Muda does some stuff that, um, you, you just didn't see at the time. Uh, he was one of the first ones I've ever seen do the, uh, do the moonsault. He did the moonsault from the ring to the floor. Um, and of course it, it's all setting up to try to get the, uh, the, the mist, uh, but the mist actually misses Singh this time. And Singh does a belly to back, uh, suplex, which I think they kind of botched the ending yeah, on, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because it ended up nobody's, uh, nobody's shoulders are really down, yeah. Yeah. uh, but all, <laughs> both of them get counted out. And the TV title is actually held up afterwards. So uh, uh, Sting is technically doesn't retain the title, but Muda doesn't win. Um, and Muda can still say that he's undefeated, even though he has not won the TV title at the time. Uh, good, really good brawling match, really good showcase of what Muda can do, what Sting can do as well. Um, hated that the ending was kind of was kind of botched there, but uh, they still sold it pretty well. Yeah, it was an extremely hot start to the match. It was uh, excellent the first couple of minutes. Sting showed why he he was a, a very popular babyface during this time and kind of coming up the the ranks. And you know he uh, he jumped on one, from one ring to the other to start the match. It was uh, impressive, but very hot start to the match. And like you mentioned, Muda um, 
was was excellent as well. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this match, but yeah, the, the finish was terrible. Um, you know, you gotta yeah. do something else during, for for the for the finish. But uh, but yeah, up to that point, I, I really enjoyed the match. It was um, excellent action. And it's just, it's like they didn't really realize that that was going to be the ending. Uh, somebody definitely got their their signals crossed on how that that double pin happened because again they you know Sting got his got his shoulder up pretty uh, pretty blatantly and Muda then kicked out <laughs> and then they just went in yeah. and ended the three. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's one of those where you don't you know you didn't want Sting to lose, you didn't want Muda to lose because he had just come into um, you know the territory. Uh, yeah. So you know you just. You know, you, you didn't you book yourself into a corner here. So um, you know, right. they, that's what they came up with. Uh, and then also one of the uh, which will bring us to the next match. One thing that was said, it was either during this match or maybe the match before. J- Jr. Who, who is doing the uh, the commentary for this event, uh, Jim Ross, he, he says, uh, which is something that doesn't happen very often. He takes a, a thinly veiled shot at the WWF as he says, uh we're not like other federations. We're not all about bringing snakes to the ring and having bodybuilders go out there and fight. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. That's, that's, you know, that's a shot at the WWF. And, you know, the, and, uh, and then we come up to this match, which is <laughs> for the U S title, Ricky, the dragon steamboat is challenging Lex Luger for the U S championship. Ricky, the dragon steamboat comes to the ring. Uh, is carried on by, by, I'm not sure who who they are. They're I guess they're enhancement talents, obviously. But like, if they were somewhere connected in the storyline or not. But they're bringing him in a piece of wood, and he's standing on the piece of wood, holding a Komodo dragon, which <laughs> is scarier than a snake, but is still a lizard. So he's holding he's holding the Komodo dragon, and he's taking on Lex Luger, which I don't know if you know this is a bodybuilder. So it was just it was just the tastiest amount of irony to say that. And literally two matches later, you have Ricky, the dragon steamboat against Lex Luger for the U S championship. But I just wanted to throw that in how WCW would, that they would shoot themselves in the foot saying stuff like that all the time. (laughs) Oh, but I mean, you don't have to do a whole lot. It's not like you're having to sell Ricky, the dragon steamboat on his wrestling ability. We know he's one of the best ever. Um, And, you know, and if anybody can bring a good match out of Lex Luger, it's Ricky, the dragon steamboat. And they're able to do that here. Uh, the storyline before that, however, these guys have really been going back and forth throughout this entire summer, basically. And this is supposed to be a no DQ match. But Lex is saying he will not defend the title unless Ricky the Dragon Steamboat drops the no DQ stipulation. Uh, Ricky, of course, is is a gentleman and is, is willing to do so. He drops it. Uh, so this is a regular match. And you have Lex Luger against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, again, Steamboat kind of in the same vein as as Ric Flair he can have a good match with a uh, with a broomstick he can make you believe that broomstick is about to literally kill Ricky the Dragon Steamboat uh but yeah he he he's able to do that with Lex Luger here Luger does some good things they uh show off his power with the press slams and uh actually some of his speed as well and then Steamboat of course does everything that he normally does um but eventually uh Luger gets Steamboat so upset as he brings in a chair and Seamboat eventually takes the chair from Luger and uses the chair right in front of the referee, and he gets disqualified. Of course, the story would be if this this was the no DQ like it was supposed to be, Seamboat would have been able to use that chair, but uh, he's finally just pushed to the limit, 
uses a share and Lex Luger retains the U.S. title because of the disqualification. Um, a good, you know, overall, I like the storyline. I like how they played it out. Uh, but, you know, I, I just, I wish any chance you have to see Ricky the Dragon Seamboat really show off his skills. Uh, I, it's kind of the same vein as the Great Muda. I wish they could have made it done a little bit more. Yeah, and Steamboat was just coming off that trilogy with Ric Flair, uh, you know, earlier in the year, and then right. they tra- they transitioned into to Luger. Uh, Luger as a heel was 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 really good. I mean, he was a mm-hmm. very good heel, and his work in the ring was uh, as a heel was very good as well. the The match itself was very good. Uh, you know, you know, due to Luger and Steamboat, of course. Um, yeah, it, it was um, the 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 step. The whole stip, no stip thing was a little convoluted, but you know, I, I get the story they were trying to tell. It was unfortunate because this actually was the uh, the last uh, match uh, that Steamboat had uh, in the promotion. Um, he had a contract dispute and, and and left like days later, so we never got a resolution to this. But uh, but uh, yeah, the match itself was uh, was very good. With the way they did the stipulation, it actually would have made more sense had Luger used the chair yes, and Luger yes. to get disqualified. So yeah. then Steamboat wins, but he doesn't win the title. That's Correct. that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they I didn't as you can tell, I did not have the, the pencil for this one. Uh <laughs> <laughs> next up we bring down the uh the cage and war games is going to begin. And uh if you get a chance, please watch the uh the pre-match promos by both yes. these teams. Uh oh my gosh. It's like <laughs> you could you could put this down as stereotypical. 80s wrestler promos just just chef's kiss just just beautiful stuff (laughs) (laughs) these two uh it was one of those it's like if vince mcmahon watches this excuse me if vince mcmahon would watch this and say this is why we script the promos now (laughs) because it was just it was just rambling (laughs) by the by all all these guys yeah dropping bombs and Mm -hmm. and i I just random yelling by hawking animal and uh, yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah, it was really it was good. Something else. Uh, it's it's one of those. It's like it, it was it was great and terrible at the same time. So definitely yeah. watch those. Uh, but the War Games matchup is between the Fabulous Freebirds, and this is uh, close to the original Fabulous Freebirds. We have um, Michael PSAs. Terry Gordy is actually in the promotion. He'd come over f- from World Class with Michael Hayes. He didn't say long in NWA WCW this time, mm-hmm. but he's there. He's there now. And they bring in Jimmy Jam Garvin as the third Fabulous Freebird. And they're teaming with the Samoan SWAT team, uh, later known as the Head Shrinkers, when they make the move over to WWF. So we see uh, a very young Rikishi here in this matchup. Uh, <clears throat> and they are taking on the Midnight Express, Dr. Destiny Williams, and the Legion of Doom Road Warriors in war games. And, um, of course, the, these are the original war games. The The roof is on the, on the cage, and uh, you'll have... Uh, the back and forth uh, heels are undefeated in the coin flip. Yeah, um, it's funny how that works. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's amazing. I've never seen, <laughs> I don't know if they're using weighted uh, coins or how this is happening, but they always seem to get the, the advantage. And, uh, and that's what happens here as well. So we see the free birds and the SWAT team get the advantage um, each time uh, before finally the Legion of doom comes in and kind of, as we expect, Legion of Doom will take care of business once they get inside the War Games cage. One of the funniest parts of this entire match is 
the back and forth between Pauly Dangerously and Michael P.S. Hayes on the outside on who's going in next. Because Michael Hayes does not want to get in this match. No. <laughs> and, it, and it is great. Uh, so this it, one of those things where the, the stuff around it is more entertaining than the actual match itself, although the match isn't bad uh, yeah. for a war games by any stretch. Uh, finally ends up with uh, with Hawk uh, catching uh, Jimmy Jam Garvin in a, uh, a pretty uh, devastating looking uh, neck hold, yeah. uh, <laughs> like the hangman's neck over his back. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he gets Jimmy Jam to tap out. And then um, they are able to attack uh, Animal as everyone has left the uh, the cage before they're able to get back in. Uh, Animal takes a little bit of a beating before the uh, the rest of the faces come in. Uh, to clear house so that the faces get the victory in war games despite uh, losing the coin flip and um, probably not one of the war games that she'll that are that goes down in history is one of the best but it wasn't one of the worst either it was it was it was fine yeah it was it was it was fine and uh the most impressive spot to me in the match was when uh, uh steve williams uh presses terry gordy gordy over his head eight times and I mean, it's really impressive. Uh, yeah, like that. Sure. it was. It was. Uh, it was. It was pretty good. Um, but yeah, the match was fine. Nothing. Nothing special. But um, but like you said, it was. It was good. It was good. And um, you know, you get the 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 good feeling of the baby faces winning in, in the end uh, and overcoming the odds. So um, yeah, uh, thumbs up from uh for me on that one. That brings us to the uh, world title, the main event between. The Nature Boy Ric Flair, who's coming off of being uh, injured and not being having a single match for se- for several months after uh, Terry Funk, who uh, attacked him following the third match of that Flair Steamboat trilogy, uh, Funk was doing the uh, commentary for that third match. Flair beat Steamboat to uh, win the title, and then uh, Funk, in a uh, iconic uh, move. As for a title match, Flair says, I'd love to wrestle you, but, you know, there's there's other challengers that are in, in line ahead of you. You need to talk with uh, the people in charge, NWA. We can see who the contenders are. Funk says, all right, and he turns around and, and attacks Flair, ultimately uh, pile-driving him through a table, uh, knocking Flair out uh, for several months. The, of course, they play up. Is he ever going to come back? Is he going to be as good as he ever was? Um, Terry Funk proclaiming he is the champion unless Flair is able to, to – uh, defend the title which he's able to do here at the main event of the great american bash terry funk against rick flair and uh as you would expect with these two just a, a a brawl uh funk takes bumps like nobody's business um and he does it here flair uh gets color early um that they, they go that they, they they really brawl all throughout the entire arena um but are able to get back in the ring um and Flair, Flair kind of is able to get the uh, the iron, the branding iron, excuse me, that, that Terry Funk brings to the ring. And uh, as the dirtiest player, even as a kind of a face Ric Flair at this time, uh, as the dirtiest player is able to use that to his advantage and is able to get the win over Flair. I mean, excuse me, over Funk to retain the title. Um, but the actual story is not necessarily the match. It's what happens post-match when uh, Funk and the great Muda and everybody involved with Gary Hart comes down and attacks Flair only to be saved by, as mentioned before, Sting comes back out. And uh, really this kind of, as we're continuing to elevate whether or not Flair is going to really go full face, uh, now that he's being helped by Sting, uh, seems to be the case. Yeah, I I love this match. And and the 
pre-match promo by by Flair, uh, very serious. Uh, mm-hmm. It was excellent. You know, a different side of Ric Flair you don't see very often. Ser- serious family family man Flair, who they they go to yes. at, at times. Yes, uh, and like like you said, the, the match itself was was a brawl. It was a different kind of match that you see from Flair, and uh, you know. It- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was, uh, you know, both, uh, both men, you know, uh, um, you know, got blood in the match and, uh, Flair won with a with a kind of a, a reverse of a small package and and kind of got one over quick on him. So you know, uh, Funk has kind of an out, so to speak. Uh, you know, to you know, we don't know who really is the better man in the match, but like you said, the post match angle was was a, I mean, it was a hot angle. It was uh, it lasted a good ten minutes and it was extremely entertaining and and i mean it, it was it was really good it was the whole the, the whole segment which lasted probably half an hour between the match and, and the post-match angle was yeah. um was quality main event wrestling um television it was uh it's well worth your time to go watch it and um you know i i, I thoroughly enjoyed it this at this eventually leads to flair and funk in a rematch down the line in a, the famous i quit match and they actually um, kind of um, hinted at this during the match when uh, the commentators mentioned that, you know, Flair would never quit, you know, even though Funk was trying to make him say, you know, I quit, you know, you know, during the match and have him give it up. But, uh, but they kind of, so they kind of teased that um, during the match and that, that will eventually lead to that, that rematch. Yeah. And it also leads to uh, a Sting eventually joining the four horsemen for a little time uh, before, you know, the, it ultimately, is what turns Flair back to the dark side when they uh, Ole Anderson and Arn Anderson decide that Sting isn't worthy of being in the Four Horsemen, and uh, Flair ends up going along with the rest of the Horsemen there. But uh, <clears throat> this is that I, I agree that it was funny to watch because uh, Jr. kept trying to end the show basically, and then <laughs> here come here here comes all four of them, you know, <laughs> fighting right next to him basically, and uh, they they kept trying to interview Flair, and then Sting comes up, and then here comes Funk and and uh, Muda and it uh, obviously, you know, continuing along both those storylines, not going to get much better than those four guys going to begin with. So uh, again, I I agree. I think it was, this was a a fun main event and a good way to end the show. Um, Ultimately a good show. I had a couple of hiccups as usual in the NWA, but uh, overall, this is one that I would, I would certainly recommend. Yeah. Very strong pay-per-view in my estimation. Yeah. Very, very well done for the most part, and yeah, um, recommend go, going back and watching this one. So that is my uh, network flashback as we turn things over to you, Paul, and I think we're going to go a little bit more recent uh, for your flashback here today. Yeah, we're going to go um, NXT from 2017. We're going to take a look at the TakeOver Chicago event, which uh, took place, of course, in Chicago in the Allstate Arena on May 20th, 2017. Uh you know, just a little backstory on this real quick as far as NXT at this time. Um, you know, uh, uh, when NXT went to Full Sail, uh, you know, they 
started to get get steam on them when the network came about. There was um, kind of the golden age of NXT in 2014 and 15. Uh, into 2016, uh, you had Samoa Joe on top uh, in 16. You had Nakamura on top as well. Uh, they had a long, uh, a drawn-out feud. Um, I would say that, that NXT kind of slowed down as far as their, their product goes in the the latter half of 2016 and the first half or first part of 2017. But um, around this time, they they really started to get a pick back up. And this show kind of is a catalyst for all this. Uh, you know, they uh, there's a lot of people on this show, or actually not on this show, that are big stars like Drew McIntyre. Um, he uh, entered NXT just recently. Um, uh, before this, uh, Velveteen Dream was getting getting going. Alistair Black, excuse me, Alistair Black was getting going during this time. Uh, those uh, individuals were not on the show, uh, which kind of speaks to their their depth that they were building. And then, of course, later in the year, you know, you see other people come into the promotion like Ricochet and Adam Cole and you know um, Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish. You know, those those people as well. So uh, anyway, it's a um, you know kind of a, a, a restart almost for NXT. And they really um, kind of get it going through this event. So the first match um, that that we have here is uh, Eric Young, who is the leader of Stanity. Uh, during this time, uh, he faces Roderick Strong. And uh, the backstory to this match real quick is uh, uh, Eric Young and Sanity have been kind of tormenting the baby faces uh, in NXT for the past few months. Uh, that included Ty Dillinger earlier in the year. Uh, Roderick Strong also teamed up with uh, with him. No way, Jose. Uh, but finally, um, Roderick Strong gets a one-on-one match with Eric Young um, after Young kind of uh, pulled in his fa- uh, Strong's family into uh, the feud or to the angle. Uh, on NXT television coming up, uh, building up to this match, uh, Strong, uh, you'll see a couple of... Um, vignettes with uh, his family, kind of detailing who he is, where he came from, his background. Uh, really, uh, a, a really great personality profile on Strong. Before then, he was kind of just a bland babyface, uh, but these uh, vignettes really built him up and and really uh, kind of made people want to cheer him, and that was uh, shown by the reaction uh, that he got to um, um, in this match, and uh of course, in the ring, he is excellent, uh, excellent worker. They both are really, they have a really good match. Um, it ends where, um, well, Young hits his finisher uh, on the outside, uh, but then back on the inside, um, Strong uh, kicks Young. Um, Young falls outside, lands on Sanity. They go back in the ring, and then um, Strong eventually hits a, a running knee, uh, and, uh, running, yeah, excuse me, running knee, and then hits the uh, end of heartache, the the, the backbreaker uh, for the finish, and gets a clean win over Eric Young, which did not happen very much in NXT. So it was built up uh, as a, as a big win for Strong here, and um, kind of um, set the stage for his push here uh, uh, in the next couple of months. There's not a better worker than Roderick Strong. I uh, think like, no. you know it, it's impossible for him to have a bad match, and this was no. another. Uh, another case where he does a really good job. They did a good job. The the only thing that's held back Roderick Strong has been a personality, uh, but and that's one that something that he really found once he joined the Undisputed Era. Uh, but here, trying to build him up as a babyface, did a good job with it, and another re- really good match. Uh, Eric Young, uh, a guy that really kind of got a raw deal once he got away from Sanity, 
we see now he's impact world champion. So he's, he's going to bounce back as far as that goes. But um, th- this was a, for where they were at the time, heck of a match between both these guys. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll get back to Roderick Strong here in a, in a, in a few minutes. I, I have a feeling so, um, <laughs> but the, the next match on the card um, is for the UK championship. Uh, it's uh, Pete Dunn versus Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate is a champion here. Um, uh, Jim Ross actually comes out and does a uh, guest commentary for this match with uh, with Nigel, and uh, this is coming on the heels of the uh, the tournament, the UK tournament, uh, months before this, where Tyler Bate beat Pete Dunn for the championship in the finals. Uh, they feature some matches on NXT television uh, leading up to this, where. Tyler Bate would defend the championship against other opponents. And then now, um, after beating those opponents, he is uh, facing Dunn for the championship again, uh, his rematch, um, uh, uh, so to speak. So uh, I'm not going to say anything about this match except go watch it right now. Uh, and yeah. it's, um, it's, it's, it's one of the best matches in TakeOver history, and that's saying a lot. I, I know I'm, I'm saying a, a mouthful when I say that, but it really is. It's... Uh, it's uh it's just spectacular. So uh, uh, Pete Dunne eventually gets the win, wins the championship uh, over over Bate. Uh, he hits his uh, bitter end uh, pump handle flatliner finish for the win. Uh, but uh, it's um it's an excellent match and again um, must watch uh, for any wrestling fan. It's uh it's one of the ma- excuse me it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. It, it was a, just an unbelievable match. And it was one where I remember like telling people, I'm going to show this match to you. And I showed it to several people. <laughs> it's like, this is uh, th- this was a great match. And uh, it's one of those things where it really shows the talent that they have in the, uh, in the UK brand at the NXT. Um, and happy to see that it's going to get started again here soon. Um, and we'll see if, uh, you know, he, they brought Pete Dunne over, to be a part of regular NXT and maybe ultimately move up to the rain roster, but we'll see if maybe he gets involved in more of NXT UK uh, as we continue to go through the COVID era. But um, yeah, that, it was, it was great. It, it made a star out of both these guys. If you didn't, yep. if you weren't one of those guys that watched the entire in uh, UK tournament, if you did, you knew that they were stars already, yep. but it, it really made them a star to the more mainstream fan. Yeah, words don't do it justice. It's uh, yeah, like I said, must must see match for sure. Um, the the next match is, is not as must see, but um, of course um, you can't. It's hard to follow that. But we have the the women's championship here with um, Asuka uh, in a triple threat match. Um, she's facing Ruby Riot, and um, she's also facing Nikki Cross. Uh, it, it originally on uh, television building up to this match, it was a four way. Uh, Ember Moon was the fourth entrant. However, uh, she got injured during this time, and so she was unable to compete in the match, so it became a triple threat match. Um, the match itself was good, as you can imagine, between those three. Uh, they're very good workers. Uh, Asuka was kind of playing more of a heel during this time, uh, during his, uh, her uh, reign at this point. Um, it was, like I said, it, it was a good match. You just never got the feeling that Asuka was going to lose to either one of those two so, you know, it kind of brought it down a little bit for me. Um, but and but Asuka, in the end, actually pins both uh, Riot and Cross uh, to retain the championship. Um, like I said, good match. Um, I've seen better women's matches on the NXT brand, but good match. Uh, like I said, hard to, be- to believe that Asuka was going to lose that match. I, I am a huge fan of cocky heel 
Asuka. I wish yes. they would do more of that. Now we've gotten to more. She was first crazy heel Asuka, and now she's kind of crazy face Asuka. Uh, but she can still kick your butt, which I'm I'm fine with. But I, I like the cocky, I know I'm great Asuka heel uh, that we that we were seeing at this time during NXT. And uh, you're right, the match hat was kind of clunky at times, but it was showing that the women could have the same type of matches the men could as far as triple threat, high spot style matches. And they had it here. You had, of course, the the suplex front through the announce table type thing. And, you know, they had a lot of pretty big spots that we didn't always see in women's matches at that time. So uh, as far as that goes, it was good. Uh, but you're and had had to had to follow what just an unbelievable U, UK match. So um, yeah. it was a tough spot for them, but I think they did pretty well. And uh, as a side note, um, about a month later, maybe uh, on television. Uh, Oscar faces Nikki Cross in a last man woman or last woman standing match. Uh, it's actually Oscar's lone non-win of of the, her NXT tenure. So um, they they go to a, a double double count out, but uh, that that match is uh, well worth watching as well. Uh, about a month after this, so um, Oscar retains the championship here. Um, next, we have the heavyweight championship between Hideo Itami and Bobby Roode. Uh, the build-up to this match, uh, uh, Tommy was coming back from injury, um, or a couple injuries, actually. Uh, they kind of played up the fact that, you know, he had not had success as compared to his other friends who had come into the promotion years before this. So this was kind of his last chance to, to get that glory. Um, Bobby Roode here is a, is a strong champion. He had uh, beaten Nakamura a couple times before excuse me, this match. Um, Root is uh, never spectacular, but he's always solid in the ring, great timing. The match itself, you know, again, wasn't a show stealer by any means, but very solid work. Uh, we see Tommy um, hit his uh, finisher, uh, his GTS finisher. Uh, Root uh, rolls out of the ring before this, actually. Root hits his DDT, glorious DDT, and uh, Atomic kicks out for a, a believable near fall. Uh, but in the end, Rude comes back, hits two glorious DDTs in a row, and gets the pin over Atomic. That kind of leads to Atomic uh, turning heel in the, in the coming weeks after this. And, and they're kind of telling the story of Atomic not um, reaching his potential and kind of not getting the respect that he, he feels like he deserves. Uh, but Rude continues as uh, champion here in a, in a, in a decent 15 minute match. Yeah, Tommy just never really hit his stride ever with NXT, and this was kind of as close as he came to it. Yeah. It was always a, uh, you know, the it's a big deal that he hit he hit the GTS because uh, he didn't hit it very often. They, they kind of held it back. Uh, There's still ill feelings with Punk at this time, so uh, they didn't want to do anything that would that would create uh, CM Punk chance. Yeah, but uh, uh, good good match overall. Uh, you got to remember Bobby Roode as the NXT champion was he was big. He was a big time. Uh, like, like you say, he was he was legitimately the best uh, guy they had for extended period of time. But um, it, it, they did they did what they could. It, it was not it was not bad, but it wasn't great either. Yeah, and it, it Rude has you know bigger matches coming up here in the summer and and in the in the fall. So uh, I think this was kind of a, a transitional type thing where we you know got a Tommy a, a title shot, and but you know it was a, a chance for him to get another win. Uh, for Rude on, on his uh, ledger. So he yeah. retains the championship here. Um, 
then we come to the main event, which is a uh, tag team championship ladder match between DIY, Olegano um, and Champa, and Authors of Pain. Uh, the lead up to this match, um, DIY, the uh, previous uh, fall in November, had won the tag team championships from the Vital. Uh, Authors of Pain at that time had won the Dusty. Uh, uh, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Top tag team tournament. So uh, they were kind of, they were out of the picture as far as the championship goes, but they got back, they get back in the picture. Uh, around the, the first of the year, uh, them and DIY have a match in uh, San Antonio in January. Authors of Pain get the championship, um, and then at Takeover Orlando before WrestleMania, they have a three-way between th- those two teams and the Revival. Uh, Authors of Pain also win this match, and then finally, DIY gets their rematch here for the championships. In the ladder match, um, I'm not sure why exactly it was a ladder match. Uh, they, there was no real, real reason for it, but <coughs> excuse me. Um, they they put the the titles on the ladder. Um, they they had a heck of a match. It was a brutal match. It was physical. A lot of scary bumps in this match. Um, Champa and Gargano uh, do a stereo leap uh, at one point during the match. Um, Champa is about to get hit in the face with a ladder. Uh, at one point, Gargano kind of um, saves him from that, and that kind of plays into the story later on. Uh, Champa uh, injures his knee during this match uh, on one of these bumps, and uh, you know, I thought when it first happened originally, when I first aired, I thought it was he was just selling well, but he was legit hurt, which uh, uh, we'll find out later. But uh, the the match ends finally when. Um, uh, DIY is climbing the ladder. They, um, authors of pain, come and take the ladder away. So they're kind of dangling with the belts in their hands. Uh, they pick up DIY. They do their super collider powerbomb finisher. And then they, they get the ladder and, and get the championship. Of course, the real story of this match is afterwards where, you know, they milk the reception between, you know, DIY and they kind of congratulate the fans. Congratulate them for a, a effort um, well done. Um, they walk up the ramp. You see the, the the crawler in the bottom of the screen saying that you know we're leaving. You know the it's the end of the show. And then all of a sudden, Champa turns on Gargano, uh, turns heel, and uh, that's jump starts their feud for the next uh, two or three years. Two years, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know not and and partly because of, of injuries and partly because they wanted to, to draw it out as well. But, uh, but you know, kind of a, a shocking turn here. Uh, well done. Um, really kind of jump starts, uh, um, you know, everything going forward. So uh, the, the match itself was, was great. Uh, angle afterwards was, was excellent. Um, uh, uh, well done, main event. Yeah, it was, it was outstanding. When you take a look at it, the fact that Champa did – 
so much of that match with a torn ACL, which we find out is what happened later on. And it kind of brings you back to what he did in ROH. He had a similar situation when he tore his other ACL and continued his match with uh, Jay Lethal. And they had about 15, 20 more minutes after he tore his ACL. Uh, similar situation here, even with bigger spots uh, with uh, DIY against the AOP. That, that ladder shot that you talked about, that Gargano saves Ciampa and takes one to the chin, that's one of the most brutal-looking uh, ladder shots I've ever seen. There's I, I, one of those where I thought literally Gargano was knocked out. Uh, he, he, he took it absolutely perfectly. Uh, br- just a brutal shot there. And then I remember watching this, and you know, you see the crawler, like you said, and you think the show's over. And then you see Ciampa, you know, say something to Gargano, and then start throwing him into the uh, into the stage. And, and I remember, like, literally standing up going no 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 (laughs) which i mean it's rare that 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 something pulls me in that much but i it was like i was legitimately shocked that it happened um like i said it it created a a, an angle that is at some point still going but you know because of the injuries that have happened to champa especially where he's been out for an extended period of time Mm -hmm. it's taken longer overall but it's it's one of the best pieces of storytelling NXT has done ever. That the 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 entire storyline arc between yes. Gargano and Ciampa, and it really gets going here. Uh, excellent ladder match. AOP at the top of their game. DIY doing what they do uh, is, is a heck of a show. A heck of a way to bring down that pay per view. Yep, and that's uh, I don't remember them doing the whole crawler at the end of the show and then something happening uh, before then. That that might have been right. the first time they they did that. Now. They've, they've kind of overdone that um, on NXT and in the main roster, you know, the past two or three years after this. But, uh, but you know, this was kind of a, a novelty, and, and it was uh, definitely definitely well done. And like, like you said, a, a cap to a, a, a very good show uh, for NXT, and it kind of um, it leads to, the, to their summer uh, storylines here and kind of get things going for them. So uh, excellent show, I believe, and, um, you know, as, as most takeovers are, it's uh, well well worth watching. Yep, 100%. So that's our uh, network flashback as we take a look back, and now we're going to move forward and give you our favorite wrestler this week, and that it can be something that's current. It can be something else that we've watched uh, throughout uh, the, the last week since our last episode taping, and uh, so it could be a, it, this could be historical as well. But I'm going to start off with my favorite wrestler this week, and uh, we are going to go uh, current and I'm going to go over to AEW and talk about the GOAT, as I mentioned, Chris Jericho, Le Champion. As uh, This is a guy, he's literally the renaissance man of wrestling right now. He's you know the lead singer of Fozzie, obviously. He's a guy who does a great job of being a heel, but still being just, it's impossible not to like him. Uh, yeah, when he's doing stuff at color commentary, you can tell he's going to be the next great color commentator when he's done wrestling. And he's and he's mentioned that he wants to do that, so I can't wait for that to happen. But I don't want him to stop wrestling, so it's like I'm, I'm kind of stuck between those two. Uh, he came up with the idea. Of course, he came up with the Money in the Bank idea. He's come up with some great ideas. He has a tremendous wrestling mind. He came up with the idea for the uh, Mimosa Mat Mimosa Mayhem match, uh, where it it's it's if you just came up to somebody and said, "Here's an idea. Let's throw people in a, in a bat of OJ and champagne." It'd be that's dumb. That doesn't that doesn't sound good. But then you see what they do, and it's like that was awesome. And then the, the picturesque look of uh, Orange Cassidy knocking Chris Jericho into the into the big bat of the bubbly and OJ. Um, it's uh, after 
Orange Cassidy ruined his $7,000 jacket. Uh, that, that'll go along with what uh, Dean Ambrose did when he, he destroyed the the uh, $12,000 jacket, the light-up jacket as well. So I, the guy doesn't have good luck with his jackets. But, no. uh, but overall, it's just so entertaining, and he does a great job of helping to make stars. He made Orange Cassidy a main eventer. Um, that that got overplayed when he was in WWE for a time. You know, take a look at you know Fandango beating him at WrestleMania and those type of stuffs. Eventually, that that becomes diminishing returns. So he needs to still win some, which he does, which they've done a good job. I probably say that they have booked Chris Jericho the best out of any of the major stars in AEW since it started, including giving him the championship first off. So it's just important that he doesn't lose all the time, uh, but. Ultimately, he does a great job of making stars and uh, can't say anything more about the GOAT, Chris Jericho, uh, Le Champion. Yeah, yeah. And, and really, I mean, I, I mean, the match concept you know, that they just had was, was pretty genius. I mean, you got Orange Cassidy, Orange Juice, uh, and then you yeah. got, you know, the bubbly and, and uh, you know, so and then combine those things, of course. Uh, yeah, it was uh, good, and, good. It was good stuff. And look how much Chris Jericho is made out of just a throwaway comment after he wins the title. Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. And it uh-huh. becomes like he's he literally sells champagne now. <laughs> so, you know, you have that. You have the, the sing-along with Judas coming out. And we're getting a little bit more of that now that we have some fans in the stands. And mm-hmm. it's just it, it's a lot of fun. He's not being he's a part of the stable with the inner circle, but he's not tied to them completely. Uh, they do their own thing. He does his own thing, but they can come together. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on. So I, I be, be, again, between the booking and what he's able to do, uh, Chris Jericho, definitely my, my favorite wrestler this week, Paul, who you got. Yeah. And, and, and just real quick, like you said, there's no way there's, there's no denying that he knows how to reinvent himself uh, over the years. Oh, so yeah. he, he does a fantastic job. But for me, um, it, uh, I'm, my favorite wrestler this week is, is Roderick Strong. And there's actually, I thought about uh, Champa. I thought about Ric Flair just because of their performances. But Roderick Strong is such a good worker in the ring. And like you mentioned before, he never has had a bad match. He's really underrated, in my opinion. Um, during this time that we just reviewed, you know, he was a babyface. He got some steam because, again, they did those uh, profiles on him. Very good job on those things. They make you invested in, in him. Um and actually, uh, later on in the summer, they do a, uh, a feud between him and Bobby Roode for the championship on television. And uh, go back and watch that feud, that the promos between Roddy and, and Roode, the match itself, how they did the finish. Uh, it was excellent, just excellent. It was, it was just well-booked television. And uh, it made me uh, really invested in Roderick Strong. I and mean, like you mentioned, he then eventually turns um, heel, gets m- even more of a personality when he uh, uh, goes with the uh, Undisputed Era. But uh, he is so good in the ring and has improved on the mic and, and with his facials and uh, the extra stuff that, that goes along with uh, not just working. But he's uh, for, for me, he's uh, uh, my favorite wrestler this week. I, I love Roderick. Uh, I've, I've loved him since he was in ROH. Uh, saw him live several times in, in Ring of Honor. Uh, he did great stuff there, multiple-time champion. He was known as Mr. ROH for a time uh, before he finally made the jump. And he's one of those guys where you didn't know if he'd ever get that get that shot at the big time um, because of the 
the drawback of of the personality and what he, you know, not a great interview. Uh, but you know, as part of a stable like Undisputed Era, I think it's a perfect spot for him. And the what they were able to build with him as a face made it even, you know, more impactful when he made the made the turn on Pete Dunn and and moved over to the Undisputed Era. Uh, so. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you though. I'm happy with both our favorite wrestlers here this week, uh, Jericho and Roderick Strong. So that's going to wrap up our episode here as we uh, continue our Getting Over podcast. I'm Canterbury and Paul Bedroom. And Paul, uh, have you decided what your uh, network flashback for our next episode is going to be yet? I, I have, and actually, you've uh, changed my mind on. Uh, uh, you didn't know this, but you changed my mind oh. during during. Uh, during this re- uh, recording, because I was originally going to go to uh, ECW and 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 look at one of the later shows um, in 2000 um, and Anarchy Rules, but actually, I'm going to um, since you talked about Chris Jericho, I want to go watch the uh, main event in 2008. I believe it's Unforgiven. I could be wrong, but it's Unforgiven in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels in a ladder match for the championship. Uh, yes, and um, this was um, another reinvention of Chris Jericho uh, during this time period, and probably uh, you know they had feuded uh, him and Michaels earlier years before this, uh, but this version, this iteration of the feud in 2008, is um, one of the best things on um, on on wrestling television. I would say in 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 yeah, up to oh, that yeah. point in years, yeah. So. Uh, it's a culmination of the feud, and uh, again, I believe it's Unforgiven, uh, either Unforgiven or No Mercy. Do you know, Tom? I'm, I, I, I don't know it. right off, but I, I I know this time, and I, I agree that, you know, serious Jer- like world champion Chris Jericho around 2008-2009 is, is one of the yes. best iterations of Chris Jericho, and yeah, this is a great matchup. Uh, kind of remind, but you, know, you mentioned their feud before, WrestleMania 19, when Jericho and, and Michaels had that great match, yep. and then uh, Jericho ends up low blowing Michaels at the end after the, after they hug. That was another time where I got up and yelled, no, no, no. Yeah. That's another time yeah. where I was, Oh no, they were so close. And then, uh, one of the best, yeah. One of the best mania is probably too. Uh, oh, 19 is great. Yes, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, so yeah, 2008, again, it's either the September or, or October pay-per-view. Um, uh, but it's in Portland, Oregon. I know that for sure. Uh, okay. ladder, ladder match main event for the championship. Uh, uh, wasn't supposed to happen apparently according to Jericho um, over the years he said that so uh, we're going to uh, take a look at that and, and everything else going on at that time in 2008 okay and uh, I'm going to go a little bit back further than that but I'm going to stay in this century I'm going to go to 2004 and I'm going to go to the Royal Rumble of 2004 Ooh. which is, uh, which is known as uh, the Forgotten Rumble it's the Rumble we can't talk about but we're going to talk about it uh, is next week, a, is this the one with uh Bedouin Angle? Is this that match? Or... Yes, oh, that, that was 03. Oh, no. oh, that was 04. Okay, yeah, no, 04, 04 is the one where Chris Benoit enters number one and wins the Royal Rumble. Uh, so, okay. yeah, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. yeah, so it's setting up WrestleMania 20. So, this is uh, yeah, right. yeah, which 20 is also one of the best manias of all time as well. So, but uh, we'll we'll talk about that. It had a really it had a lot of stuff other than in Benoit, but uh, we'll uh, we'll discuss that here. Uh, next time on the Getting Over podcast. So, Paul, had a lot of fun, and we'll do it again next time. Looking forward to it. For Paul Pedram, I'm Tom Canterbury. This has been the Getting Over podcast here on the iHeartRadio app.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.